0: Welcome to Museum Way, the podcast of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. We're sharing all the ins and outs of the museum, from the galleries to the trails, the architecture, and more. You'll learn the Museum Way of Crystal Bridges. March is Women's History Month, and to celebrate, we've invited six fantastic women from our staff to talk about their favorite women artists in the Crystal Bridges collection. Today, we'll hear from copywriter Erica Harmon. Volunteer Services Assistant Manager Julie Springer, Guest Services Assistant Manager Melissa Bush, Membership Assistant Christy Witt, Art Instructor Kim Lee, and Marketing Manager Allison Nation. They'll tell us about their roles at the museum and the women artists who inspire them. So let's jump into this episode of Museum Way. First up in today's episode is our museum copywriter, Erica Harmon. Erica, welcome to Museum Way.
1: Thanks. Happy to be here.
0: All right. So first up, uh, I want to know a little bit about what you do at the museum. So tell us about your role.
1: Sure. So as the copywriter, I basically deal with everything having to do with words at the museum. So that can entail anything from putting marketing collateral together to uh, advertisements. Um, I have to edit the panel and label copy that goes next to all the artworks and then the exhibitions in the museum. And I'm also responsible for putting together C, which is our membership magazine that goes out three times a year, as well as the print calendar.
0: That's a lot of words.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: How many words do you think you average a day?
1: Oh, gosh. I I couldn't even tell you <laughs> all the words. <laughs> so
0: you're, you're reading other people's writing, but you're also doing your own writing. You're That's editing. Right. You're doing all manner of things.
1: That's correct.
0: Well... We're glad to have you, you. Um, and then of course, I work with you very closely with exhibitions. So, yes. uh, so l- let's talk a little bit about your favorite artists. You, uh, we, you know, the prompt was basically to ask um, each of you, "What's your favorite artist? a mm-hmm. uh, Women artist in the collection."
1: Um, the, what I want to talk about is Nina Chanel Abney, who was an artist who actually came on site to crystal bridges to create a brand new installation. Um, she is actually the last artist you interact with as you exit the permanent collection. So as you're walking out of the contemporary art gallery and you're going up the staircase to come back into 11, there's this bright yellow wall with all of these geometric shapes and symbols and patterns. And that was created by Nina Chanel Abney. And she actually developed that, um, by being on site at Crystal Bridges. And it was a reaction to her time at the museum that created this particular piece. Um, it's all spray painted. And like I said, it's bright colors, geometric shapes. Um, and it's really warm and inviting, I think. Um, and, uh, it, like I said, it's, it's her response directly to our specific site, which is cool
0: yeah i love that piece it's very colorful um Mm -hmm. and you know she's very much inspired by street art and sort of a background in in graffiti arts and things like that and uh and then also weaves different kinds of art history uh nods so uh, she's pretty cool well erica thanks for sharing with us
1: absolutely thank you
0: Next, we have Volunteer Services Assistant Manager Julie Springer. Hey, Hey, Julie. Hi,
2: Stace. How are you?
0: I'm great. Welcome to Museum Way. Thanks. So you're going to talk about probably one of the most famous women American artists we have in our collection. Who is that? So Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe.
2: Yes. So uh, I selected Evening Star Number Two as one of my one of my favorite um i love this work it is a watercolor um and because it's a watercolor we don't get to see it very often and for very long i believe right now it's traveling with the beyond
0: that's right our georgia Keith inspired show that we yes. had last summer mm-hmm.
2: yes so um so we don't get to see it right now but um i love this work um i tend to be drawn to vibrancy Mm-hmm. So um, this work um, not only is vibrant, but it's it, it's it's crazy vibrant in that it's a watercolor and it's so vibrant. Um, so I guess the the um, the thing that speaks to me most about it is that it it it's a, it could it could be argued that it's a bit simplistic, mm-hmm. but I feel like O'Keefe gave us everything we need to be right there in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's it in a nutshell. That's that's what it 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 brings me to a moment, and it's um it's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you actually like uh, most of her work in general?
2: Yes, yes, and no. There are some that um that uh, that I like more, and some that I that I like less. This one, in its just in its colors, um, its vibrancy, and its its simplicity.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So you're a volunteer services assistant manager. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what you do. So
2: I get to work job. with our our big volunteer corps. We have about 600 volunteers in the museum doing, um, doing a little bit of everything in the museum. The, our volunteers touch just about every corner of the functions in the museum. And uh, I get to uh, recruit them and train them and orient them. And um, just to keep them happy. Um, and then I also get to work with all of our coworkers to help find different opportunities where the volunteers can impact in, and contribute to the museum.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about some of those folks, because I have to say, they run the gamut.
2: Yes, they do. So... As I said, we have about six hundred on our roster right now. Um, they range in age from uh sixteen is our minimum age up to I think we have some in their nineties. Yeah. And um we they're doing All sorts of different things. They come from all different kinds of backgrounds. Um, These are just engaged, educated, amazing, diverse group of people, and they're contributing in all different ways to the museum. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I like that some of them actually have... um background, you know, professional backgrounds that, you know, they might bring to the museum in some ways. And then there are some that just completely turn their back on what their professional life was to do something new.
2: Absolutely. Um, It it always, it it always amazes me when we bring in a fresh group of of, of volunteers during an orientation to, you know, have them introduce themselves and get to know their background a little bit. And uh, we'll have retired librarians that do or don't want to work in the library, and so it's really interesting the backgrounds they bring, and and um, it gives them a chance to either continue with some of their passions earlier in in life, or um, uh, try some some of our young ones um, that are in high school, college, and just young adults. Our volunteer program really allows them to get their feet wet in all dif- all different sorts of things, and so it's a it's an amazing program.
0: Yeah, well, we certainly love our volunteers yes, at Crystal do. Bridges, yeah. um, and we couldn't really exist or run without them.
2: They contribute a lot of hours.
0: Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And sharing Georgia O'Keeffe's Evening Star number two. Thanks, Stace. Join us at Crystal Bridges on March 22nd for an exciting lecture by distinguished speaker, Laurie Anderson. Anderson is a visual artist, composer, musician, film director, and writer who has pushed disciplinary boundaries in American art For over four decades. O Superman, included in the exhibition Men of Steel, Women of Wonder, launched Anderson's recording career in 1980, rising to number two on the British pop charts. Get your tickets now at crystalbridges.org. With us now is our guest services assistant manager, Melissa Bush. Melissa, welcome to the podcast.
3: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited about the artwork you're going to talk about. Why don't you tell us uh, who it is?
3: Um, So this is Maman by Louise Bourgeois, and um, I found it interesting because it's kind of humorous. I am not a huge fan of spiders. Mm,
0: I don't think you're alone in that. (laughs)
3: Yeah, and so when I heard we were going to have a 30-foot spider sculpture put in our courtyard, I was kind of like... (laughs) why yeah
0: <laughs> no, especially because you sit at the front desk and we'll be looking at it
3: yes all yes. day so i was very interested to hear the story behind it um so she was a french american artist and maman is um, mother in french so it was interesting to hear how she meant this as a compliment to her mother and um, talking about how a spider portrays um you know strength and protection and nourishment. And, um, you know, they weave their webs and her mother was, um, a weaver in their family tapestry business. And so, um, she lost her mother when she was 21. And so she was her best friend. So she really thought this was, you know, just very, very heartfelt to, to do this.
0: Must have been a real, a real work of longing in a way too, because she actually created the work late in life. And she lived a very long time.
3: Yeah. I couldn't believe she was 88 when she created this sculpture. That was mind blowing to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, another great thing about it too, is we actually on our YouTube channel, um, and we're going to plug that uh, frequently. Uh, we have a a video of its installation, which itself was a fascinating process. You want to talk about that a little
3: crazy? Yeah, that was three days. Um, and I just remember the crane coming down and like being going over the building and taking it down to the courtyard piece by piece. And we were using the um, back freight elevator as our main entrance there for a day or two. And it was just it was actually really fun telling guests because it was kind of a secret way to come in the museum and just telling them, yeah, we're sorry for, you know, taking you this weird way. But it's actually really cool because we're installing this huge sculpture in our courtyard. So it was a huge process though
0: yeah yeah and and not to mention if if people haven't noticed that but um, mama also has um eggs in her belly and her egg yes. sac so you can stand right underneath it and look up and you see all these beautiful i think they're made out of marble yeah um eggs so she literally is you know a mother yep. with her young I About. Th- believe
3: there were 32 eggs in there 32 it didn't look like there were that many but yeah so
0: all right so why don't you tell me a little bit about guest services and what um really what that entails because you have actually have a pretty big team
3: we do we do um i get to work with all the awesome folks that welcome everyone every day so we interact a lot with the volunteers as well so it's a very big team feels like a very big family um but yeah so we're staffing every entrance so we're there to welcome and greet and answer questions so we have three different entrances within the museum. And then we have the Frank Lloyd Wright house. And when we've had, um, our Tuhuli exhibition that was out in the North forest, we were Mm -hmm, out there. mm -hmm. So, um, we're just everywhere, you know, ready to, ready to answer questions and help.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite part of your job?
3: Um, no two days are alike. (laughs) Um, it's fun because I get to interact with so many different people and I, get a good combination of being at a computer, which is nice, but also I can get up and, you know, I know there's always something that needs to be done. So it's getting up and moving around. Um, but I do a lot of scheduling for our team, and mm. that's probably at least fifty percent of what I do, if not more. Um, that's a lot
0: of folks to wrangle.
3: Yes, yes, and a lot of different events. There's a lot going on at the museum all the time. So
0: yeah, y'all have to have somebody there all the time for like you know late night events and and everything.
3: Yep, yep. So just kind of making sure we we're, we're there to cover everything we need to be there for, but. Um, yeah, it's it's just a lot everywhere. So you're
0: kind of like my mom <laughs> of guest services.
3: <laughs> Trying to make sure they're prepared for everything, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I really appreciate uh, Melissa coming on to podcast, so thanks.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: With us now is our membership assistant, Christy Witt. Christy, welcome to Museum Way. Thank you, Stace. All right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do as a membership assistant?
4: I work on a little bit of all things membership. I plan our members only events. Um, If you've heard of like member scoops or member family photos or um, some of our lectures and behind the scenes tours for our members. And then I do a lot of collaborating on our member strategy. So that has a lot to do with our retention and recruitment strategies and making sure that the members feel engaged at the museum and um, feel like they're they're a part of this museum community that we have
0: yeah i mean there are a lot of perks to actually being a member and one of those is like free admission to um exhibitions Mm -hmm. i like to pitch sometimes to folks that like you know if you plan to come to you know each of our three exhibitions every year that'll almost pay for your membership right there
4: absolutely and with the discounts on classes and lectures and concerts it's and Absolutely museum store. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes.
0: Well, you're going to talk about a very exciting artist and actually uh, another artist who was a distinguished speaker at our museum yeah. a couple of years back, Carrie Mae Weems.
4: Yes. Um, when when I was approached about finding a, a woman artist that I really was attracted to and inspired by, she just, the first, first person who popped into my head, I thought of the Kitchen Table series that we have. Um, these were pieces, it's a series and. They're not always presented together. Um, I think it's about twenty pictures that can be looked at individually or together. Together, you kind of start to create a, a narrative, a story to connect them. But they absolutely stand alone as well. Um, they're all centered in this kitchen table setting with a woman. Um, sometimes alone, sometimes with people, and the images just draw you in. They're not the kind of um, they're not the kind of artworks that kind of boldly slap you and and attention grabbers, but they pull you in and I feel like they have that slow burn relationship. You start looking at them and you start connecting with this woman. Um,
0: I love that you use the term slow burn relationship. That is a really beautiful really is how I feel. Ter- term for what it feels like to really be drawn in to a work. And and we might add that the that the woman in the image is the artist herself.
4: Yes. Um, and they're... It's not always about. It's not always about what's on the table. It's these crafted scenes that she's created, that convey. They convey so much. They can com- community, um, isolation, solitude, um, being with a partner, a lover, a mother, in these roles, and it, I, I love it because I think it, there's an opportunity for some people to sort of say, "Woman at a kitchen." to connect those in a very berating way mm. and to say oh woman in kitchen and eh. you know we have stereotypes around that and she takes it and presents it with so much calmness and strength and you sorry it makes me think of my mother and my grandmother and suddenly it's not just a woman in a kitchen it's a very strong woman and She is all those things. She's part of the community. She's a lover. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's um, alone in some of them. And there's so much emotion and energy conveyed through these photographs. I just, I I love it. (laughs) I love them. You
0: clearly do. And I just am so moved by your description. Thanks for that, Christy. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. On April 24th, we'll welcome artist Vanessa German to Crystal Bridges for a Distinguished Speaker Lecture. German is the winner of the 2018 Don Tyson Prize and was featured in Crystal Bridges' State of the Art Exhibition in 2014. An acclaimed visual and performance artist, Vanessa German is based in the Pittsburgh neighborhood of Homewood, and the community is the driving force behind German's powerful performance work and embellished sculptures. You don't want to miss it. Tickets available now at crystalbridges.org. And next up, we're actually going to speak with art instructor Kim Lee. Hey, Kim, how are you?
5: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm great, and I'm really excited after that promo that you chose Vanessa German as your artist. So talk to me a little bit uh, about why you picked her.
5: Yeah, I'm totally psyched she's coming to the museum. Me too. So, um... She's one of my favorite female artists, and uh, if you're not familiar with her work, we have a couple of her pieces in the Contemporary Gallery right now. They are these, like, incredibly detailed sculptures made from mixed-media assemblage. I think the best way to describe them is um, it kind of looks like she took, she plucked the heads off of African-American dolls and formed their bodies with treasures and knickknacks that you'd find lingering in a family home or someone's attic. And um, I connect to her personally because uh, she talks about a lot about her childhood um, in connection to her work. And she talks about not having a lot while growing up and how her mother encouraged her children to take their resources and make something out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I really connect to that, um, the philosophy of like, being empowered and making substance out of your life. So she also connects to talking about ancestral roots um, right? by immersing herself into the joy and trauma found in the objects that she encounters and kind of reckoning her existence in the world in general through the history of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of her sculptures can be quite difficult to look at.
5: Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit, um, you go through it, it's kind of almost uh, looking at, like, like going through a thrift store a little bit and someone had took all these items and and made it create a new meaning out of it. So I just like, I deeply relate to her process in a way because um, a lot of my work, I'm an artist outside the museum and a lot of my work deals with my ancestral roots, um, in particular, my transnational identity and my family's immigration history and what comes along with it. And so often I find myself rummaging through um, my family's history, like just all the stuff that we collected over the years, in particular, like photographs that my parents both carried with with them from Vietnam um, over here to the U.S.
0: And when did they come?
5: So they came over here at separate times. Um, My mom came here during the fall of Saigon and my dad came here uh, quite a little bit earlier than that, like around the 1970s. So he's probably about my age when he first came over here, wow. and uh, they had, they each had different ways of coming over here. My mom came over here um, as a refugee, of course, and my, my dad was a refugee as well, but he was almost he was kind of um, hidden in a way, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he had a little bit of a rougher ride because it wasn't just an airplane trip mm-hmm. to the U.S. Um, for him, he went through a lot, um, having to go on several boats, um, starting from the Philippines all the way to, you know, ending up in somewhere in Minnesota.
0: Oh, wow. So, Wow, that's amazing. So uh, you're an art instructor, and so you teach art to kids, and you also facilitate art making for adults. Um, how does your um, family's story and the ancestral things um, inform your own practice as both an artist and an instructor?
5: Well, so I think I'm, like, I have a hard time picking out, like, a specification or specialty in, in my own art making. And teaching allows me a way to explore all different ways of art making. And it's a rewarding experience in itself because I, I get to learn from my students and they form new ways of like seeing and making. And so that's kind of informed my own practices. And it could be anything from being like, wow what's a dot? like i didn't know this thing existed but i can use this somehow in my own art making even though it's intended for preschoolers to dot their papers <laughs> like,
0: uh-huh. yeah oh cool yeah yeah well i know that we enjoy um getting to work with you in exhibitions when you're helping us do some of uh, a creative um art making in galleries and different kinds of ideas so uh, i really appreciate you coming on the museum way and talking with us about uh, vanessa german and your own experience
5: yeah thank you Stace. sure
0: And finally, last but certainly not least, uh, we're here talking with Allison Nation, our marketing manager. Allison, welcome to the program.
6: Oh, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Now, I would be amiss if I didn't say that Allison is probably one of our uh, longest term employees at the museum. She has been here since we opened, actually before we opened. That's right. How many years?
6: Ten years.
0: Ten years. And the museum is only seven. Mm -hmm. By the way, Mm -hmm. do the math. (laughs) So, what are some of the roles that you've played in this in this journey?
6: Well, I started at the museum as an education administrative assistant. We were down at the Massey building on the square in Bentonville, kind of testing out programs and and doing some exhibitions, getting our our community um, ready and used to what it's like to have a an art gallery and a museum and And then once we moved into the museum, I was the senior administrative assistant to our then deputy director of art and education. And so I worked closely with him to implement projects throughout the museum for opening, particularly jobs that we didn't quite have the staff present to do. So everyone was, you know, really busy and so we filled in the filled in the cracks and that's when I I've sharpened some project management skills which I then applied to our communications team uh started there in um 2012 and uh I have not I've I've been on our communications team ever since and recently phased into this marketing manager role picking up the years of work I've done working with our advertising our paid paid marketing projects and growing that to encompass more digital efforts and also just integrated campaigns with our, our wonderful communications team and all of our, our internal departments. You know, we represent and promote and 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 share all aspects of the museum from our exhibitions and our, our trails, our restaurant, our store, weddings at the museum, membership, um, and we'll be taking on more and more as the momentary opens in 2020. So, it's it's a very exciting time to be a Crystal bridges
0: yeah and you've had two little boys in that I have got married well. had
6: two kids and
0: <laughs> had went, life live right. in the life live yep. in the life mm-hmm. well why don't you tell us about the artist that you've chosen to talk about
6: Yeah. so I it was very challenging luckily some other people picked the artists I could have chosen because I also love Maman and um several other folks we've talked about, but I went with Ursula von Reitingsvard. Her sculpture, Unraveling, is on view in our modern gallery. Um, It's made of cedar and graphite, and I had the privilege of hearing Ursula von Reitingsvard speak at the museum in the summer of 2014. She did a spotlight talk, Mm -hmm. and our spotlight talk is an amazing series, a great way to hear directly from artists, and, you know, that was 2014 and I still think about something she said so in her talk she talked about her process what she does is she takes four by four inch cedar beams just like you'd buy at the lumber yard Mm -hmm. and she um, sculpts with them by making a series like numerous cuts with a chainsaw and creates sometimes bowl-like forms or vase-like forms or or spoons there's she has this kind of a whole vocabulary of objects that she explores based on her personal history. And then once it's all been cut thousands of times into this shape with, um, these, with a chainsaw, she'll go back and layer it with graphite to have this really beautiful surface. And so in her spotlight talk, she talked at length about her process. And at one point she said something to the effect of, it gives me the opportunity to make more decisions. Hmm. So, that just boggled my mind to remember and just be reminded firsthand that artists approach their practice with so much intention and thought and, and pursue uh, methods that give them control. Mm. Um, It's, it's just a great kind of phrase to keep in your mind as you walk through the galleries and think about the artist's intents and and the artist intent and, and what decisions they were making to arrive at this final piece, because Mm -hmm. Thousands of decisions were made, even for the most simple looking thing. Um,
0: right. Uh, and this piece actually is is a very, I have always felt, rather complex um, thing to look at. It's like I don't often know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm, it's, it's kind mm-hmm, of abstract. It's right? clearly wood. Right. Um, and it's a little, I think it's a very mysterious work.
6: It looks rather like a basket or a piece of knit fabric that's coming unraveling. So at the top of the work, it's very big and bulky and and unified. And then as as it kind of drops down the wall, it starts to fall apart into these threads. And the wonderful thing about where it's installed in our modern gallery is you can stand right below it, you know, a foot away from it. Uh And you can't back up very far because the glass looking out on the north lawn is right there. But if you walk out onto the north lawn and look into the museum through the glass, you get a wonderful... You know, long perspective and can see um, see it in a different way. So,
0: and that's so, that's definitely part of the brilliance of our architecture. It's true that we can see some so many works of art in different ways mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the glass and the reflections and all that stuff. So true. Wow. Okay, that was really cool. I'm like, I'm still here, sitting here thinking about that piece. Now I'm like, wow, you described it really well. So you know, good.
6: I wrote it down on an envelope in my bag that day at the lecture and I went, came to work the next day and I saw Rod Bigelow in the break room, our executive director. And I said, Rod, Ursula said like Ursula, like I know her, Uh the artist (laughs) said, um, she, she, she uses this process because it gives her the chance to make more decisions. And as the executive director, you know, I think it, it was just fun to talk to him about it and, and just sort of share that, that concept because even you know working in the museum and we see art all the time we take it for granted we Mm -hmm. we appreciate these art artists and the art they've made but we we forget how this is their their life and their brains and their years of research and efforts being poured into this one thing that just sits here quietly and people Mm -hmm. walk past it in three seconds and so um it reminds me, we have an event coming up in April called Slow Art Day. And the, oh, yeah. the point Slow of Art Slow Art day. Art day is to stop and look. And so I'd encourage anyone that wants to think about that, the, how many decisions an artist is making to arrive at this final piece um, to come
0: out that day. Well, that's great. And, yeah, I, you did such a beautiful description of that piece that I hope people come and look at it oh, and think about it unraveling. Unraveling. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for being on our podcast, Allison, and thanks for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Oh,
6: thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Museum Way. We hope you enjoyed the episode and tune in each month to hear more. Head over to our social media channels and leave a question or comment about what you'd like to hear on future episodes. If you'd like to see images of any of the artists and artworks mentioned in today's episode, head over to crystalbridges.org and check out our blog. I'm Stace Treat, and I'll catch you next month right here on Museum Way.